You're listening to Double Exposure with Sophia Lemon and Petro, a photography podcast on both the creative aspects and business side of photography. Join the conversation on Facebook at Double Exposure Show Group. And here's Petro and Sophia. And uh, welcome back. Episode 20 of uh, Double Exposure Show with myself, uh, Petro. And uh, Sophia. Sophia, unfortunately, isn't uh, with us today um, because she's on an assignment uh, and uh, somewhere in northern Ontario. Not sure. She didn't give me too many details, um, so I'll have a bone to pick with her about that. Uh, but uh, I'm coming uh, to you all by myself today, flying solo, as they say. Uh, so... As usual, uh, we typically get into the news. Um, we'll skip that until next uh, episode, episode 21, so we can all get caught up and see what's happening in our lives. And uh, maybe Sophia can fill us in where she ran off to. Um, so yeah, flying solo today. I thought I'd uh, actually share some experiences about uh, uh, shooting solo and uh, you know doing solo work, whether it be in the studio or uh, on location. And uh, particularly one thing that comes to mind is actually photographing weddings uh, by yourself. Um, Recently, uh, and when I say recently, I mean in the last five years or so, um, maybe even a little longer, uh, companies like uh, The Knot and uh, Wedding Wire and basically any blog online that is willing to dish out wedding advice to new bride and grooms to be um, basically recommends photographers, uh, do a sort of a team effort and have a second shooter, they always call it. Um, and I just wanted to kind of connect on that and, uh, just, uh, sort of bust a couple of myths and give a couple of benefits on why you would want to have a second shooter or why you don't really need one for example. So, um, I guess let's, uh, let's start at the very top and, uh, ask yourself, as a wedding client, does your client need a second shooter? And really the answer comes down to one simple uh, solution. And it's uh, it's essentially going to come down to budget. Typically, if you do a little bit of research, you will notice that uh, professional photographers who are sort of the seasoned veterans uh, will offer a solution for a wedding photography package that only includes one photographer. And typically this package is um, not very popular package with this within this particular studio, um, it will include less hours, it will include less options, and it will only include one professional photographer. Sometimes um, uh, these studios will throw in language like, uh, you know, professional assistant, uh, or uh, basically anything that doesn't literally say second photographer. And these don't tend to be very popular packages anymore, because let's face it, Modern Bride is looking on uh, thenot.com and reading things like uh, uh, make sure your photographer has, um, you know, a package that offers uh, two shooters. Make sure that it has this, this, and this. And actually, um, this is a bit of a sensitive subject for Sophia and and myself, I guess, too. But uh, they even went as far as to say that a professional photographer uh, should only be using Canon or Nikon digital SLR cameras. And uh, they even went on to spell uh, Canon incorrectly. Um, so that kind of gives you a perspective on how much credit you should really give to these writers, these bloggers um, that aren't necessarily photographers themselves. So let me uh, cut to the chase. Uh, some of my favorite weddings um, are weddings that I actually photographed solo without any help at all. And I will be completely honest with you. I think that by having a second photographer at a wedding, um, I don't challenge myself enough. And um, some of my creativity or in some of my drive sort of takes a back seat and, you know, still there. Uh, I still give it 100%. But um, there is no pressure that... Uh, makes you perform a little bit better. 
And as a result, I find that I'm a little bit more creative um, at weddings that I actually tackle by myself. Now, there are definitely some drawbacks, and these these things I'll go over in, in a minute uh, as benefits of having a second photographer. But um, I wanted to kind of give you some tips about shooting a wedding by yourself. Um, so first things first is make sure that you have a complete schedule of the event because uh, there's nothing worse than showing up to a wedding or an, or an event by yourself and then being told that, okay, we're going from this time to this time. There's absolutely not going to be any breaks and basically you just have to go, go, go. So trust me, not having a bathroom break can be a real challenge when somebody just tells you, okay, get ready, you're going to be photographing a 10-hour wedding. So, you know, there's no no other way to prepare for that. So just make sure that you um, kind of have a schedule ahead of time and just uh, communicate with the bride and groom saying, okay, you know, if we're shooting here, uh, is there a kind of a rest area dedicated? And you can even spin it sort of like, well, what if you guys have to go to the bathroom or whatever? Just kind of cover cover everything. Um, second is, um, make sure that, uh, you don't overpack, uh, because there's nothing worse than having to leave equipment behind, um, even if it's in your car, uh, because you have to go for a little bit of a walk with the bride and groom to get some creative shots and then having to run back and get a certain lens that you needed because you didn't pack it right or you overpacked and you brought things that you didn't need. So, Communication is going to be key. You're going to definitely want to uh, plan ahead, scout the locations, um, maybe do sort of a mock shoot with not necessarily even having a model there, but um, just, you know, make sure that the angles are uh, exactly what you're looking for and kind of go from there. Now, the good news is that uh, if it's a if it's a wedding with uh, more than just a bride and groom, if there's a bit of a bridal party, um, one of the groomsmen will probably pick up a second bag for you and just help you carry things around. That's been my experience. And I've never had to ask. Uh, everybody just uh, is nice enough to offer it. And um, the the benefit of, uh, of that is that, you know, you don't have to leave things behind. So, um, you know, be a friendly person, be a nice, be a nice person, and uh, you'll definitely get... Um, the niceness back uh, in return. And so uh, having said that, uh, don't expect people to do this for you. So still plan ahead. Make sure that you cover everything, cover all your bases, and you're ready for anything that uh, life throws at you. So, um, But I have to admit that uh, talking to, to you right now, um, I'm sort of uh, waiting for Sophia to cut in and just help me out here and, you know, give me some additional feedback or give me her opinion on the matter. And by not having this, by being used to it and not having it, it, it really is uh, sort of puts you on edge and, uh, you know, gives you a little bit of even performance anxiety and makes you nervous and just you know everything you do you want to make sure you don't screw up so as i talk to you right now a lot of these things are in the back of my mind because i'm i'm doing this by myself and you know there's nobody else to point a finger to Uh, at least when there's two of us uh, we can kind of just laugh it off and uh, you know make fun of each other and kind of go from there so um this is, this is exactly how I feel sometimes when I show up to a wedding by myself and uh, I just have to embrace it and kind of go get, go get it. Uh, the truth is that in, you know, in 2017, there's not going to be many photographers who actually shoot by themselves ever. And a lot of, uh, a lot of you uh, listeners, a lot of the new photographers, um, I don't even think you'll be able to experience a wedding uh, on your own because it's sort of now the status quo where you have to photograph weddings together. Well, what I mean together with more than one person, there, there's usually typically a second shooter, which uh, brings me to an observation that I made in uh, our studio. Um, typically, even though I would photograph weddings um, 
with another photographer, uh, another person, another second shooter, um, anytime that this uh, couple would uh, hire us to include an engagement session in their package, I would always go shoot the engagement session by myself. Uh, exception being if uh, my wife, uh, Hannah, was available, uh, she would tag along and we would do it together just, you know, for something to do. And so couples uh, that booked uh, engagement sessions when uh, when Hannah was available uh, really benefited from uh, a little bit more creativity as well. Uh, but uh, majority, a really large majority um, of the photo shoots uh, that I did, that the engagement shoots, uh, I did by myself. And then, of course, the wedding, uh, there was always a second photographer as part of the agreed-upon package. <clears throat> And so, like I, like I was saying, uh, it, I made an interesting conclusion that if I can do an engagement session by myself, why couldn't I do a wedding by myself? I mean, really, why do you need a second photographer? Um, and, you know, there's so many benefits, which I'll get to in just a moment. But reality is, um, if you have an opportunity to photograph a wedding and the budget is just too low to hire somebody else, and you are confident enough that you have the experience necessary to cover the entire event, I say do it. I'm giving you permission. I'm giving you the courage. Uh, I'm giving you my blessing to go ahead and do it uh, because anything's possible. I mean, look at this. I'm hosting this all by myself today. Now, I don't want to make this a habit, of course, <laughs> but... Um, you know, it it is possible. You you are able to do it. So, um, of course, uh, make sure you price it accordingly. Make sure that uh, you are ready for anything that might be uh, thrown at you. And at the same time, you have to communicate clearly with your client that, listen, you may be used to a certain level of uh, service at, for, at other weddings that you either participated or just read about but because your budget is low or because you're choosing to shoot to hire only one photographer or perhaps you're choosing to shoot it by yourself for whatever reason um, make sure you communicate that clearly and tell people to be to be ready for anything but uh, reality is that you really do need a second shooter at a wedding um, and there's a lot of benefits to it uh, benefits that you come to realize a lot later um, uh, in business and the more experience you get the more you wish you actually had um, a second photographer um, one of the one of the biggest reasons is uh, you're you're just going to have more experience uh, more combined experience um, there may be a situation where you're going to need to do a little bit of problem solving and having this other uh, photographer will actually help you um, arrive at the conclusion, no matter what it could be, whether it's uh, just a hand with uh, some um, flashes during the reception or uh, just being in two locations at the same time. Um, if you if you were to read the, the blog uh, on The Knot, um, they are actually recommending that you, as a bride, you should hire a photographer who offers a second photographer. Um, and, you know, they, they go to say that, in our opinion, a second shooter is definitely worth it, even with a smaller number of guests. So um, what I used to say is that if uh, this is a, going back a really long time now, we offered a second photographer as an add-on option. And in our clause, it said that if your party is over if your wedding guests, rather, wedding guest list is over 200 people, you automatically, um, by default, would get a second photographer, which was uh, an additional cost of uh, $750. And this um, was brought to my attention by somebody uh, who, I guess we can call him a colleague. I won't mention uh, anybody's names here, but um, this person said, why would you you know, you, you're probably not getting hired as often because you're asking for so much more money for just a second shooter. I hired so-and-so and I only pay them $150 um, for for six hours. And then if, if it's uh, more than six hours, then it's an extra $20 per hour. So typically an eight-hour eight day, 
I spend less than $200 on my second shooter. And I sort of looked at them cross-eyed, kind of like, are you serious? This is what you're telling me? You know, um, my philosophy has always been, you're only as strong as your weakest link. So why would you want to bring somebody who's not necessarily experienced as what as much uh, as you are, uh, doesn't shoot as, as well as you do, and doesn't have the equipment necessary to constitute a backup photographer. And reality is that that is what a second shooter is. It is a backup for you. Um, let's start with the very first and the most important benefit uh, for, for the second shooter. Uh, because the truth is that they are there in case shit happens. And if something was to happen to you, whether you got hurt or whether you got sick or even just you had to go to the bathroom, they're there to cover for you. And that is a huge benefit. That's like a miniature insurance policy. But the really, really cool part is that most of the time when you start the day at a wedding, the typical uh, situation is that your second shooter is at a completely different location, photographing the bride or the groom, whatever the arrangement could be, and you're at the opposite location doing the same. And so having this allows you to uh, be exposed at the event for a lot less time, meaning you don't have to start your day early at the bride's house and then go to the groom's house. You can start your day a little later and cover both simultaneously and therefore affording yourself um, to be sharp and not burn yourself out uh, towards the, the rest of the evening, towards the end of the evening. Um, the, the another creative benefit is just to have a completely different perspective on the situation, a completely different perspective on the day. Um, if you give a task to two different people who are capable uh, of doing this task, you will find that uh, your results are going to be completely different. And by having this uh, vision, this creative vision of a second person, you're just, you know, putting yourself... Uh, in a completely different category of, uh, of photographers uh, who, who you're competing with, who only offer service as a single shooter. Um, you have this physical help that you can't just, you know, you can't grow an extra arm or an extra shoulder to carry an extra bag. Um, just to have somebody to bring you a couple of pieces of equipment or if you forgot something in the car or just even trigger a flash while you're setting it up for the first dance across the the dance floor you you will quickly realize how worth it it is to have this person and that if you can be on the same page with this individual that it's almost worth any money that that they charge um but uh, one of my favorite things to do uh when i work with my wife uh, when when she's sort of the second shooter, or I guess I could be the second shooter at, at the weddings that we shoot together, is I give her the creative control when it comes to gathering and posing the uh, the family pictures. Um, I choose a 70 to 200 millimeter lens, and quite often I will put it at 200 millimeters, and that I will take myself almost out of the equation by backing up quite, quite far, 100, 150 feet at times uh, from the um, from the family uh, group. And uh, Hannah will actually be the one who's posing and arranging everybody. And I'm doing a couple of things here. Uh, one, I'm making sure that everybody's paying attention to me uh, because um, they're given direction to, you know, focus a little bit in the distance, look at Petro's lens, um, you know, uh, he'll get your attention if he needs you to look at the camera and it eliminates anybody in the foreground, uh, because nobody wants to step in front of professional photographers. And, uh, because there's such, such a huge distance, everybody tends to kind of hang out behind me and, uh, not distract the, uh, the wedding party and the, the family. And, um, I like to kind of fly through these photos as fast as possible. And if I had to do it by myself, uh, I would probably have to use a little bit of a wider lens, perhaps like a 35 or a 50 mil, um, and be a lot closer to the to the family and the bridal party. And uh, having to pose everybody myself, not only would I now double the amount of time we would take 
to typically photograph this and, you know, have some really kind of gloomy looking people towards the end of these uh, family shoots. But um, I'd also have a lot of distracted individuals because the closer I am to the group, uh, the more people, the more people are closer to the group as well. And let's let's face it, when you're at a wedding and you're having to stand up uh, in, in a bunch of family photos, you tend to wonder and you start looking around at your relatives and your aunts and uncles and wondering, you know, how long are we going to be here? What's going to happen, et cetera, et cetera. And so uh, that's that's probably one of my, you know, if I could only choose to have uh, help for a couple of hours, that's what I would do. I would say, you know what, I need you there for the family photos. Just help me with the family photos. And that's, that's what I need the most. Um, now, Obviously, that's not the case. I want somebody there with me for the entire event. And what I really like uh, when I photograph with, uh, with Hannah is that she gets the most amazing candid shots uh, that, that I've seen anybody shoot. Um, she's the queen of candids. Um, and I guess that's why we're together and that's why we're married because we sort of have this... Uh, uh, amazing connection and we can communicate without really saying anything. Um, but she knows to just walk away and take some photos and she doesn't need a lot of direction. And there, you can't really put a price on that. You can't put a price on somebody who's driven and, and who's able to work. Um, for example, during, during the uh, father and daughter dance or during the couple's first dance, she's not standing watching uh, them dance uh, and you know thinking oh this looks amazing she's actually shooting it and um, an unex somebody who's not experienced quite often I catch them just kind of watching the event unfold it's almost like they're waiting for direction and at which point this kind of brings me back to my original rant about shooting solo if you're not spending a lot of money on a second shooter there's a really good chance that their experience level is very, very low. And at the end of the day, you're just spending that money um, for to babysit somebody. So um, if you are, if you, if you don't want to shoot solo, if you, if you really do want to uh, kind of uh, get into this and do some weddings, make sure you hire uh, somebody who is a very experienced. As a matter of fact, some of the, some of the shooters that I had hired, um, at the beginning, uh, were actually uh, professional photographers on their days off. And uh, nowadays, I will quite often, if I'm not photographing a wedding and somebody needs help, I do myself personally enjoy going out as a second shooter. Now, I'm not cheap. I ask for a lot of money, but you definitely get what you pay for. Um, I mean, it's a completely different experience. And so uh, this different vision that I can bring to the table, that my style uh, just gives the customer so much value for their money. Um, so you can build value in your packages just by even uh, choosing the prop appropriate language, like saying two full-time professional wedding photographers rather than just, you know, an assistant, a photographer, an assistant, or a second shooter. And you can even explain it to your client that, this is a fully qualified professional photographer. And um, typically uh, when I meet with clients, a lot of them say, um, <laughs> is there two photographers at my wedding? And the second question is, why are you so expensive? And I you will explain to them that, you know, if imagine the fact that you're getting two photographers at your wedding. So you're technically paying for twice the talent. Um, we We don't hire just people who, you know, sort of picked up the camera or bought a camera over the weekend at Best Buy and have a kit lens and that are ready to go, uh, that it's a big deal. You're paying a lot of money. So we're going to bring our A game to your day and uh, make sure that you get the most out of it. Um, one of the things that I find um, my clients uh, automatically assume is that, well, double the photographer the double the amount of photographers is going to mean that there's going to be double the photographs. And uh, so typically they say, so how many photos do you get uh, if there was one photographer versus if there were two photographers? And the reality of the situation is your event is being cataloged, your event is being documented. Um, 
there's going to be as many photos, whether it's just me or whether there's two people. Uh, there might be a slight increase, maybe 5-10% more photos, more choices. Uh, but reality is you don't get double the photos. You don't get twice the coverage. And it goes uh, hand in hand with me always uh, educating the client, saying, you know, you, the, the, it goes back to the whole thing of you're only as strong as your weakest link. I'm not going to put photos of the same thing that are inferior to the photos that are already in there for you to choose from. And so um, keep that in mind, you know, and going backwards, whenever somebody uh, asks me, okay, if I, if I'm only hiring you and, you know, does that mean I get less photos? Well, no, the truth is you get the same amount of photos, you get the same amount of coverage, you just get it from a single perspective, a single point of view. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. So um, <laughs> I love working with other people because you can you can ask them to do silly things. I mean, um, reality is that your second photographer, your assistant can be a physically a human light reflector or um, a human light stand, if you will. Um, uh, so whether you need to, to shoot with, uh, some artificial lighting, um, out, outdoors because you're trying to create a certain look and you need to elevate that flash, um, anything, even if it's on the stand, you can ask them to grab the stand and lift it over their head and just gives you so much more creative control. Um, I, love second shooting uh for for other people i've even done second shooting for my former students um, who were just fresh out of college who called me up and said i'm panicking i booked a wedding and and it's in two weeks and the person who i you know a former classmate that i hired to a second shoot um can't get a day off of work now and uh, i'm panicking i don't know what to do so i've i've volunteered myself obviously for a fee. <laughs> so don't know how if I can really call it volunteering, but uh, I have uh, volunteered myself to uh, take that, take their place. And, uh, you know, I've photographed alongside people who, you know, it was their second wedding, for example, as a professional photographer. And I actually really enjoyed uh, my role as sort of a mentor and an educator outside the classroom and just continue my support uh, to perpetuate this amazing art, um, this, uh, this field. So uh, don't, you know, don't, don't ever miss the opportunity because um, to, to work as a second photographer is what I'm trying to say, uh, because you can actually learn something from somebody. Um, I, I have to admit that I I pick something up every time I'm a second shooter because, you know, being a second shooter, you're kind of behind the scenes a little bit and you let other people direct. And every single time there's a little nugget of information that I get to take home with me. And I say, wow, that's really cool. I really like how uh, this person did this, you know, I, I don't have a particular example in my head right now, but um, this makes me want to actually um, go on to uh, the second part of this uh, topic, this episode, and it has to do with um, uh, taking, you know, stepping back and taking a look at what's happening when you are working with a second shooter. Uh, you're essentially uh, getting help to do something that you can do by yourself. And uh, my second uh, part of this topic, my second part of this episode has to do with um, being able to let go and grow as a business by starting to outsource some of your work. And this is a topic that uh, comes up time to time in conversation with uh, my colleagues and other professional photographers. And everybody always says, yeah, you know, you have to outsource uh, and this and that. And nobody actually tends to take their own advice and do it. Um, outsourcing is, uh, you know, is kind of an ugly word sometimes. When uh, people hear the word outsourcing, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, manufacturing, going overseas to China or Mexico or whatever, what have you. Um, the fact of the matter is that outsourcing is... Um, just getting help, getting somebody to help you do something that you're already doing to just to be a little bit more efficient, just to be a little bit more on time. 
because again, what is uh, second shooting but uh, outsourcing uh, some of your workflow, uh, some of your workload to a, a professional who is there to basically do it, do it for you, bail you out, and help you reclaim some of your life back. And so, um, my observation on uh, the industry is that, uh, and I mentioned this in the previous episode. Um, when we were photographers that photographed with film, um, we, we kind of had uh, one job, you know, you bought the film. Okay. But, uh, your job was just to expose it and really hand it over because from there, um, majority of us would, uh, go to a lab, get the film processed or developed, uh, get the proofs printed, put the proofs in a box or in an album deliver them to the client. And once the client did their job by picking it out, we then took those proofs to the lab again or the film um, with a list of uh, photos and enlargements. And when the lab uh, gave us the photos and enlargements, we either created a photo album with uh, um, professional help by you know buying one of those fancy albums that somebody else made and just sort of sticking the photos in there, or... Um, giving the images uh, to the client as uh, enlargements. And these images were, would typically then be framed for the client by a custom framer, or, you know, perhaps they just purchased their own frame. But uh, our, our job didn't really go outside to the, uh, the uh, f- exposing the film, really, and then walking it over to the lab or driving over to the lab and getting it delivered. Um, we, we had a job as a photographer to, to photograph and the modern times, um, of course, running a business is sort of a, a static thing. You, you know, you had to get clients, you had to network with people, um, just the same as you would do today. But the reality is that back then you would have just had more time to do it because now, uh, the trend is for the photographer, not to just expose these images, but to process them, to catalog them, to back them up. Um, You basically are doing uh, everything from the mailroom to the CEO, so to speak. And I really want to put things into perspective and just kind of uh, go over some of the things that um, you can benefit from by outsourcing it. Um, So... One of the things about outsourcing uh, that I find people are having a difficult time with is uh, the ability to let go. Um, in my printing business, I have a lot of creative clients who want to basically create um, images but control from from beginning to end. And these clients aren't doing as well as the clients who outsource the entire work process. So I currently have a couple of clients where we do uh, complete and total order fulfillment. This means that when their client books, um, rather buys uh, an image online from their website, we get the order, we print the order, we package the order, we ship the order, and then we mark the order fulfilled on the back end of that website. So our client knows that we've taken care of their client and is capable and able to go with their daily life and just collect that money that their client paid them. And of course, at the end of the day, they share a little bit of that money with us, but they would rather have a big piece rather, sorry, they would rather have a small piece of a big pie than the entire pie to themselves. But the, the entire pie is very, very small in, in um, you know, in relation to the piece. Um, losing my train of thought here. Apologize. This is where Sophia usually cuts in and says something witty and, um, and, and funny and whatnot. But um, anyways, so... Uh, what I'm trying to say is that uh, outsourcing can seem like a very scary and foreign, uh, no pun intended, uh, idea, but um, reality is, is that it actually has the potential to free you and uh, help you in your business. It can help you make more money. Um, and of course, uh, there is no... Um, 
solution or rather there is no uh, formula uh, that I can say you're going to make this much more money. Um, what I can tell you right now is that depending on your business, depending on the workflow, depending on the amount of time you spend on something, you definitely can make uh, a lot more money. Um, uh, for example, if you are a wedding photographer and you shoot every weekend, uh, you automatically lose your weekends. So if you have any sort of a family or want to work on a family, you you will relate to this, that the rest of the time during the week is spent on editing these photos, designing these albums, delivering these photos to the client, uh, so on and so forth. And by um, just getting some of that workflow out of your studio, out of your home office or whatever, you are automatically gaining some of that time back, sort of creating a weekend during the weekday. And it, it's true, there are a lot of people out there who can do this for you. Um, and you do need to consider that a lot of them will do a sample uh, wedding for you. So you can even send like 50 files or 15 files for them to process. And so you can be picky and choosy who you get to process your files, for example. But your job is to literally let go because it's so difficult for most of you to let go. Because as photographers, we tend to kind of uh, want total creative control. And that, that term total creative control. That's such a BS term because it applies to one task at a time. The word total is not, it doesn't mean everything. It just means you have total control over a certain task at hand. What I want to do is say and put it into perspective for you, what makes you so special that you can edit photos better than somebody else because the reality is is that there's more talented people out there than you know who perhaps studied photography who have been photographers who just don't like to go out anymore and really do enjoy the digital work and they're good at it they're fast at it they're efficient at it or they just have they're more patient for example um, I have to admit that um Hannah can actually uh, edit and get a wedding out in one to two hours. And I'm talking about the entire wedding. Whereas for me, it's more of a like a week long process. And I just I just have a hard time doing it fast. I can do it fast, but um, she can do it fast and she can do it fast well. Um, and so that's that's your task is to find somebody perhaps who can uh, uh, do the, the processing for you. Um, if you are running a studio, um, even if it's uh, out of a home, um, you can actually outsource your uh, studio management. And this can include your calendar and your emails. Um, there are people out there who can come in and do this for you. Um, or do it remotely even. That means they can book your time. They and you can you can work with these individuals and tell them, you know, when you're available or when you know you want to block uh, of time off so you you don't kind of block it out. You're not you can't book me. Can't book me on Wednesday afternoons because I want to pick up my kids and do this or something or if you know, if you don't have a family, if you just want to do something else or you have a dentist appointment, you can block time, time out. Um, but your studio management can be outsourced as well. Um, the editing and post-processing, that's the most common thing that gets outsourced. Um, next is uh, album design. Um, I enjoy designing albums, but it is a painstaking process. A simple 20-page album can take me an entire day to do just because of the indecisiveness and um, just thinking that I uh, of the layouts and kind of visualizing it. And it literally takes an entire day sometimes. Um, whereas you can outsource album design and some companies, some companies that make albums even offer this service for free of charge. Now, this might not be premium service, so you may want to get somebody with vision and um, a little bit more creativity, but for the most part, they know what they're doing, and they're doing it really, really well. Uh, another thing is uh, social media 
and uh, blogging. Uh, I have to admit, I'm fairly decent at copywriting, uh, writing copy for the blog or if I had to write a letter or whatever or an email. Uh, when you put something in front of me, I can write it very, very well. But I don't want to. So I'd rather give this task to somebody else and perhaps read it over and just kind of give a couple of suggestions. Can you change it so that it has a certain voice to it? Uh, but reality is that I would rather somebody else wrote blogs for me because I just don't want to do it. And it could be a flat fee, sort of a retainer that you kind of give somebody on a monthly basis or on a project basis. But um, social media and blogging can be outsourced very easily. And there's people out there who are eager and willing and they're waiting on clients like you. Um, sales. Uh, if you're not a strong salesperson, you can find a sales force out there that will take it to the next level for you. Now, typically, majority of the sales for a wedding photographer, they come from uh, online business, be it Facebook or website or, you know, places like Wedding Wire or The Knot that uh, do email referrals for their clients. But um, you can have... Uh, you can have somebody like an agent who does sales for you, who does the bookings for you, who's who does the referrals and sets up meetings. And typically these people can be uh, wedding planners, um, you know, make arrangements with them to, to be your salesperson, so to speak. Um, the most important thing that I feel that you should outsource all the time, like you shouldn't even think about attempting to do it yourself, is the accounting and bookkeeping. Obviously, this is the realm of uh, professionals that, with credentials that are very good at this, that are current with the uh, laws and bylaws and uh, everything that has to do with business. And so, as we covered it in a previous episode, get the professional on this. You can you can still utilize uh, the free software that we recommend, which is Wave, but with a professional behind you, you can definitely get stuff done. And if I can just put this into perspective again for you, you know, so here's somebody who's really good at uh, bookkeeping and accounting and you're trusting them with your business. It's, it's exactly the same thing with album design, with raw processing, with uh, absolutely everything. And if you have a physical building, like a brick and mortar kind of place, outsource cleaning, outsource, um, you know, uh, your, your drinking water, if you have a water cooler, don't run to the grocery store to pick up uh, one of those five gallon jugs, have somebody drop it off, deliver it for you, change it for you and take off. This is going to be huge for you because it's going to open up time uh, for you to do you. Uh, there are huge benefits to this. And the benefits can include something as simple as having more time for your family, but really having time for sleep. <laughs> um, I'm recording this at 2.30 a.m. And uh, a lot of you may have known this because I'm a little bit more quiet than I may usually be. But uh, reality is that uh, having a busy schedule, sometimes you have to squeeze things in whenever you can. And even though I have a meeting at uh, 10 a.m. tomorrow, I am still recording an episode for Double Exposure. And like I said, it's 2.30 a.m. Now, if I was able to outsource some of the other business, day-to-day uh, uh, -day business in my, in my studio, um, I perhaps would have a little bit more time to do other things. And I, it's, it's one of those uh, situations where, um, you know, do as I say, not, not as I do kind of things, uh, because we already outsource a major amount of things. But um, on, on, an, on the other end, we are the, we are the outsource um, for, for other people as well, right? So, um, but having more time is huge. I mean, more time means that you can enjoy that you can, you can, if, if you want to just sit on the couch and watch TV, uh, just to relax and de-stress so that you can have a clear mind for that to-do list, um, that's, 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 you can't buy that. You cannot buy free time. Well, in this case, you can by uh, having somebody else do the work for you. Um, but um, 
at the end of the day, by being able to be uh, more efficient, you will find that even though you're spending this money elsewhere, you're going to have more income because you'll be you'll be physically working less. You'll be working less, yet you you'll still be bringing in this income because your clients are still paying for the final product. And so by sharing a little bit of your income with other parties who can do this job very efficient for you, very well for you, by outsourcing a lot of this work, even though you're sharing a little bit of your uh, fee, you are still making a lot of money. And um, I say with your free time, get out there and network, get out there and sell yourself, you know, get back, get back to that client, reply to that email that came in a few hours ago, or a few minutes ago. Um, Because the sooner you reply, the more likely you are to get booked. And you will notice that as soon as you start to build this machine, if you will, you will get more clients, because you'll be able to get back to more of them. And the more clients you get and the smoother you can you can do the workflow, the faster you can get them out, the faster you can get the work out, the more f- free time you'll actually have and the more money will come in and you will you will notice your business flourish. Um, so the client I mentioned earlier where we do a complete solution for them, uh, where it's an entire order fulfillment, uh, one of the major things that this client was complaining about is that he is so busy that he barely has time to shoot. So when we first started out, we would actually print their orders. Um, so the orders would come in from the photographers, actually. And we would print these orders, and then we would deliver these orders. And they were finding that it was taking them four to six weeks before these orders would get sent out. And the reason for this was because they were busy to start with. And once these orders would come in, they had to gather the order. They had to reach out to us and say, okay, here's the orders that we need printed. Here's the files. So we would print these and do do an initial packaging where we literally put photos into tubes uh, for shipping to the end user. And then we would deliver them to the photographer. And then the photographer would actually package these photos, print out shipping labels, and then go and drop it off at uh, like a FedEx depot or whatever. Well, now as these orders come in, we can get to them right away. So we don't have to wait for the photographer to compile a list and send us a list. We can get to these orders right away. As soon as they're printed, we can package them. And since we're already pre-packaging them, all we have to do is put it in the box and print a shipping label for the final user, for the end user. And once once this is done, we just uh, input the tracking number and uh, the, the courier type, hit save. And because we ship so much, I mean, we're, we're shipping an average of uh, 10 packages a day here for our clients, for our printing clients, um, our courier comes to us, to our office and picks this up. So we're not actually spending as much time on it as our client was with uh, the logistics. We're running a more efficient business. We're actually generating a little bit more revenue for our business. But as a result, we freed up about 20 to 30 hours each week for our client who is now able to get out there and photograph more of these scenics, um, more of these uh, beautiful landscapes so that they can fill their website with more images and sell more. Because at the end of the day, um, by having the variety, you're able to reach out to a broader audience, to a greater um, client base and generate the revenue. And that is the solution. That is that is it in a nutshell. So. You know, it could be something as simple as um, if you if you spent two hours a week cleaning your studio space and you uh, hired a company to do it and they come in um, once a week, you know, at the end of the working week or at the beginning of the working week, whatever you choose, and they clean for, for two hours. Or maybe it would only take them an hour to clean and it might cost you 50 to to $100. But now you don't have to worry about supplies. You don't have to worry about the time. You don't have to worry about uh, having that stigma attached to your studio that, you know, you're, you have to be the janitor. Uh, you have to be the one who cleans up after yourself. And believe it or not, just having a healthier uh, mental approach to the situation can, uh, can help you benefit, can uh, relieve a lot of the stress uh, from your daily life. 
So hopefully I've, uh, I was able to highlight a lot of the benefits and um, a lot of the the positive things of outsourcing for you and give you some ideas about what to do with your business that sort of the next step um, hopefully a lot of you are already there and if you're on your way these are some things that you should keep in the back of your mind as you grow your business as you grow as an individual and a professional photographer and you know don't be afraid to take on a project and do it solo um I uh, feel that I was able to uh, deliver some quality content for you guys. And um, again, if you have any feedback for me, or if you just want to yell at me for recording at uh, 2.30 a.m., you can <laughs> send us a note uh, by uh, joining our, the conversation on Facebook at uh, Double Exposure uh, Show Group. Uh, and uh, you can find the show notes for this episode on doubleexposure.show slash episodes slash 21 no sorry take it back 20 um <laughs> so uh and uh, if you're enjoying this uh, podcast uh, please give us a five-star review on itunes or stitcher or google play however you are listening to us uh these reviews help us uh rate and um uh, help us get to the top of the charts, which will, which means more listeners for us, which means more content for you. And um, as always, I really uh, am happy that uh, we're getting all this positive feedback from everyone and uh, all these great ratings and reviews. Uh, Sophia will join me for next week, and we're going to be talking about uh, a couple of interesting topics. So stay tuned, and I uh, hope to see you next time. Bye-bye.